Hi, I'm Sparrow. And I'm Stitch. And I'm Tony the Disney Dad from the Disney Discussions Podcast. And you're listening to the The Jedi Jedi Temple Temple Archives Podcast. The podcast that doesn't make you feel like a jerk. Hey, this is Taylor Gray, Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels, and you are listening to the Jedi Temple Archives Podcast. Taylor Gray and Ezra Bridger say out. Welcome to episode 36 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and I am joined this week by my trusty co-host and friend back after a long period of time without actually being on the podcast. It's Tom from uh, San Diego. Tom, welcome back. (laughs) Rob, it's good to be back. It's been a while. I forgot what this room looked like, but it's (laughs) always a great time being back on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Yeah, it's great having you back. And uh, yeah, definitely been strange having a number of episodes there where we weren't recording together, but uh, we're getting back into it. And I know you've got uh, an exciting trip to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge out at the Walt Disney World Resort coming up here uh, end of this week. So you've got to be looking forward to that. Very excited. So many new things coming to the Walt Disney World Resort and especially the brand new Rise of the Resistance uh, attraction that just opened up that I'm just so excited to check out. And then we're also going to see the Rise of Skywalker while we're out there, too. So in amongst our Disney vacation, we're very much going to have a Star Wars vacation as well. Yeah, we'll get into it a little bit more in this episode. Uh, This last month, really, uh, going into the end of December has just been a crazy time to be a Star Wars fan. And uh, we're going to talk about some of that today uh, with regard to Jedi Fallen Order and uh, Vader Immortal, which is out for the Oculus quest um i actually had picked that up and and we'll talk about that a little bit uh try to keep it spoiler free but um just as a a note for this episode we are recording this episode on tuesday december 10th 2019 so um before we get into the main topic which is going to be the star wars holiday special uh, i did want to put a quick shout out to the two folks that won our mandovember giveaway uh which we were doing with the signed photos of dominic page character from the Mandalorian and those were actually won by uh, Jacob Kiley who uh, who entered on Instagram under the name BZ of Dogtown and Mike Berger who joined on Facebook or who had registered on Facebook who actually is uh, a member and one of the founders of the Jedi Council of America which is a uh, kind of open-ended uh, cosplay uh, group that has just been recently recognized by Lucasfilm and who actually I had run across them at uh, Comic-Con in Grand Rapids just a few weeks ago back at the beginning of november so uh cool to see that uh, we got followers from all over the place and uh, very glad for those two who picked up a couple of really cool photos of dominic pace uh, and his character from the mandalorian so congratulations to you guys thank you to everyone who entered and uh, keep an eye out for we're going to have some more giveaways over the course of the next couple months i'm actually making a trip to walt disney world to visit star wars galaxy's edge here in december as well Uh, we're going to pick up some more merchandise from there that we're going to be giving away in the new year so with that being said uh, we will go ahead and jump right into our main topic which as i mentioned is the elusive uh it's not generally known to be out there by many fans but the star wars holiday special So the Star Wars Holiday Special originally aired on November 17th of 1978, and actually uh, it was really the first non-Star Wars film that had been put out there. It was kind of the first companion to the initial Star Wars film. 
Uh, and it was kind of the desire of George Lucas to do something related to the Wookiee planet of Kashyyyk. Uh, and it was generally considered to be a good idea by all the folks who were involved at the time to do some sort of a holiday special. Interestingly enough, you know, anyone who watches Star Wars knows that George Lucas tended to have a pretty tight grip and pretty tight control over anything that touched on the universe that he had created. Um, and this is kind of one of the rare exceptions to that because I would think that anyone who has seen this knows that it is pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. And uh, and just very campy, very strange in a lot of ways, uh, and not really in keeping with the, the high standards that George Lucas had for a lot of the things that he undertook with the Star Wars name on them. So I know Tom and I have both seen this. Um, it's a great special to, uh, to have anyone who loses a bat watch, <laughs> I think is probably Perfect a good mark. way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I would definitely advise anyone who's a Star Wars fan to go check this out at least once. I know that it, it can be very difficult to get through. Um, but it is definitely something that you should see at least once, uh, as a Star Wars fan. Don't you agree, Tom? Oh yeah, I think you I think you need to know what it's all about, all the talk about it if you have never seen it just to just to find out what the deal is with this thing and uh you can find it out there. It's on YouTube and such and you can find it on the entire in its entirety and if you can make it through it, well you're better than me last year. We were doing a a special uh something on holiday specials for uh, my Hyperion Adventures podcast last year and I was thinking about trying to include it into uh the list of, you know, favorite Disney Star Wars, whatever uh, holiday specials. And I just couldn't make it through it because it is, it's just really rough. It is really, really rough. I actually had uh, tried to get my wife to watch it all the way through with me. We made it through about an hour of the hour and a half uh, before her will kind of finally shattered. Um, and we ended up pulling, pulling up short there. I have seen it all the way through in the past. Um, but we'll get into a little bit about what the plot of the special is about. Uh, interestingly enough, this is, uh, something that is, uh, it's, it's centered around, uh, a celebration called life day. So instead of it being Christmas or anything like that, it was a quote unquote holiday special, uh, and Life Day was uh, a special occasion that was celebrated by the Wookiees. And basically the plot of this special was that Chewbacca, uh, along with Han Solo, was headed home to see his family. If you haven't listened to our episode on uh, the Wookiee species and Chewbacca specifically, definitely go back and check that out. Um, he has a wife. Uh, at, this is all considered to not be canon at this point. Uh, but during this special, he has a wife named Mala and a son named Itchy. So I don't know right there. I don't know how you come Itchy. up with that name, right? right. Uh, apparently he had a, a flea issue. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to make it home to Kashyyyk for, uh, for this life day occasion. And of course they run afoul of the empire and have to make their escape. Um, and the meanwhile, of course, Chewbacca's family home on Kashyyyk is worried about him and uh, wondering if he is going to make it back to them. There are a number of very strange cameos in this particular special, uh, one by Diane Carroll, who uh, was a singer uh, back in the 70s. And uh, there's a very bizarre virtual reality scene where Chewbacca's son Itchy gets a hold of this VR device and, and sees her uh, singing on that. Um, there's a cameo from Jefferson Starship doing some music as well, uh, and some very strange cameos from from a few different actors and actresses. Uh, one of which is B. Arthur, which is you know you you consider that B. Arthur is associated in any way, shape, or form with Star Wars, and a lot of people would not believe that. So, uh, just overall, a very strange special, um, and the story is is kind of all over the place. I would say. Mm hmm. I, you know, it was kind of typical of the, the time of, you know, if you look back at what would be on television in the late 70s, early 80s, they would have these specials to get together and they would just have these random celebrities that would come in and make appearances. They'd sing a couple songs, whatever the case may be. And somehow they decided like, you know, hey, that's a good idea for Star Wars and uh, brought them all in. And and yeah, it just it kind of went all over the place. It, it seemed like it had a small storyline, but then it would dodge to the left or go to the right. And they'd have to bring in this, uh, this cameo from this famous actor or this song, uh, from this, this band or, or, or singer. And it was just, 
it was just an odd collection of things put together, you know, but interesting about it is that they were, they did get the, uh, the actual people, the actual actors from the star Wars universe to play a part in this, because if you would just have thought about it right off the bat, you would have thought, okay, they just kind of put something together to kind of just make this thing happen. But no, they, they really did have Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford involved in this. Yeah, and they also had some archive footage of uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi that made it into this special as well. They definitely had James Earl Jones uh, portraying the voice of Darth Vader. Really, you know, all, as you said, all the core actors and actresses from Star Wars that you would expect to be in something uh, touching on Star Wars were within this special. I do have a quick uh, clip of the uh, the promo that they played for this, and it is funny to hear. Uh, it's very short, but it's funny. Uh, Tom and I in the in the Star Wars Remembered series that they are doing on the Hyperion Adventures podcast. When you go back and listen to what constituted a trailer for a lot of those early films, um, they sound very strange in this day and age. But uh, we'll just play this here real quick for you, and you can get a feel for uh, the excitement that was behind this holiday special. Hey, CBS, what's coming on? Friday, blast off to a galaxy far, far away. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special, starring all your Star Wars favorites. Will Chewbacca get home to his planet in time for the big Wookiee holiday celebration? Watch and find out. So as you can tell, I mean, they didn't even specifically mention any of the actors or actors says it was just all your favorites you know um (laughs) which you would expect at that point that they wouldn't be going out and actually getting the actors uh that were part of the film but um strangely enough you know one of the things that works so well about the original star wars film is everything seems so lived in and and nothing was super clean um and even with the the way that the actors were treated, they weren't real heavily made up. And uh, one of the things that really jumps off the screen in this particular special is that the first time you see Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, I mean, he's got the eyeliner on. He's uh, he almost doesn't look real. They have him so made up. Mm, yeah, uh, it just it's. <laughs> The whole thing is just a catastrophe from beginning to end. I mean, really, it's it's one of the worst things I've ever seen on television. <laughs> and for something, especially that's a, a franchise that we love so much, it's incredible that they put this thing together. And I, I it, it's it's still beyond me that uh, this thing got made. But it, it is it is high comedy, and you could really have a good night just kind of getting a group together just to riff on it, if nothing else. <laughs> I cannot argue with that. And and to your point earlier that you made i mean it, it was very very much in tune with how a lot of these uh, networks would put on specials um you know they had their formula that they were trying to jam this star wars content into and it clearly you know was not a good fit for it but um again you know at this point in time this was been 1978 uh, interestingly enough the original film was released in 1977 but had been re-released um a couple of different times even after that for extended runs in the theaters because really that was the only way you could see it uh so it was still very current very topical and this special was also the first introduction of boba fett so you actually get to see him within a cartoon short within the overall christmas special including the weapon that is now so iconic in the mandalorian that dual prong rifle that he carries which is called an ambin uh, phase pulse blaster so watch for that if you're into the mandalorian that really had its roots and, and is a great callback by john favreau to the star wars holiday special it also bears noting that uh, George Lucas was already kind of uh, deep into the creation of Empire Strikes Back, which is kind of part of the reason that he was not deeply involved with this. And he was in the process of really building up ILM uh, up in Northern California at that point. They had moved away from uh, the Los Angeles area and, and uh, Hollywood in general uh, to to create what is now the the Skywalker Ranch. And so he was very busy. He kind of had his attention pulled elsewhere. And were it not for that, I, I definitely think this would have probably come out differently had he had a direct hand in any of this. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the only thing you can believe because it really is, it's it's crazy the way, I, this had to be just something that was taken over by the network executives like, George, we got this great idea, you're gonna love it. You know, and, and putting this thing together and we do this all the time, it'll be great. And George, meanwhile, is trying to uh, ride the hype train from the original film and then move on, of course. He's in the process of creating uh, the second film in the series. And 
Uh, you know, he's like, okay, yeah, all right, let's let's do this. Go ahead, but you know, and then when he had when he actually had to have seen it, he was like, what did I do? And he, you could tell he that from this time on out, I'm handling everything. I'm not letting anybody <laughs> take any control of of my product because look how badly this could fail. Yeah, and you can't really argue with him. I mean, I don't think this was what he was hoping for in terms of branding uh, Star Wars, given the fact that he had extensive plans for it in the future with numerous other films. He, you know, had his his uh, line of all the various toys that were being uh, created around that. And uh, this definitely had to be a setback for him in terms of kind of getting that brand out there. So um, all I can really say here is that we would definitely recommend, as Tom said, go out, check this out, even if it's just kind of, you know, as a good time, uh, joke around about it a little bit. And we would love to hear for any of you who have watched it or who do watch it, uh, you know, give us some feedback on social media. Let us know what you thought, what parts of it really stood out for you. Um, I think that's going to be a really fun dis uh, fun discussion for us over the holidays. And you can certainly get us on social media, really uh, primarily on Twitter at JTA Podcast. So reach out to us there. Send us an email at jtapodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to to talk to you more about this particular holiday special. Yeah, I'd love to hear what everybody's thoughts were on it and how far you actually were able to make it through it if you're just at home or looking for something to watch holiday-wise with the kids. You know, hey, I'll be honest with you, kids might have a different viewpoint on this for all I know. I mean, as an adult, you're locked, you look at it and you're like, this is crazy and ridiculous and silly. But as a kid, maybe you actually would enjoy some of this. You know, maybe you'd enjoy Itchy. I don't know. <laughs> or watch this all the way through and then turn around and watch Attack of the Clones and see if it changes your out, outlook on that particular <laughs> film as well. That's so. true. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Terrific. So uh, kind of our secondary topic for this episode is along the lines of some of the other Star Wars content that has come out over the course of the past month. And really uh, one of these two topics, and, and it's this one that we'll address second, is the Vader Immortal virtual reality series that is out on Oculus Quest. Uh, that has actually been out for several months now. Uh, they had just recently released the third chapter. So essentially the way that that, um, that has been released is kind of episodic. Uh, but in in contrast to that, they had just come out with Jedi Fallen Order about a month ago. It was back on the 15th of November, and Tom and I have both had an opportunity to play that game. I'm going to play a quick trailer here uh, of that to kind of lay in a little bit of the backstory, and then we will go on to discuss that. Okay, shut that thing off and grab some seat. I know you don't trust me. But we have a common enemy and a common cause. He's searching for something. Something very precious to the Empire. We're done hiding, Cal. Are you with us? We're in. All right, where are we going next? from the Empire, not from the dark side, not from me. So as you can hear there, I mean, it's all centered around a, a Padawan named Cal Kestis who escaped the Jedi Purge. Uh, he went into hiding, kind of laying low on the planet of Bracca, uh, which is essentially a, a planet where they bring old tech, old ships to scrap it and feed it into the maw of this. Uh, it's kind of like an enormous version of a sarlacc that that consumes metal uh, but you uh end up having to use the force very early on in the game to save one of your friends 
Uh, the Imperial, the Imperials find out about this via a probe droid that witnesses it. And from that point on, you as Cal Kestis are on the run from the Inquisitors, which again, we have, we've talked about in past episodes of this podcast. Uh, and it really is about um, kind of his progressing with kind of reconnecting to the force, regaining his force abilities, some of which had, had been lost to him during the purge and uh, kind of finding his purpose, I guess, in the galaxy. Um, so I, I don't know about you, Tom. I thought it was a, a great storyline. It was a period that we really don't know much about. Uh, and it was a, a different riff on on kind of a Star Wars game that we haven't seen before. Well, let's start with the fact that I'm just glad. I, I, I've been for the last several years, when Star Wars games have come out, they've been okay, you know, but they just haven't been, they just haven't kind of grasped that concept that I want. And I, I'm very much one that has likes a storyline uh, to a, a video game, you know, like Battlefront 2 or whatever was fine. But a lot of that is just, you know, going in and doing these these battles with different players online and such. And that's fine. And you get to play some of your favorite characters and everything. And I enjoyed that. All right. But I like a, and there was a storyline within that, but it seemed it was rather short and limited compared to how big that game was. Whereas this, I felt it was obviously it was all wrapped around this storyline. It was a, a very interesting one. Uh, went through, as you were just talking about, Rob, period that has not been delved into that much uh, within the Star Wars universe. And, you know, we knew there were other Jedi that survived the purge. We've seen that in uh, some various other storylines that we've watched throughout Star Wars. And to, you know, kind of delve into their story, what they had to go through when all this was happening, when the Empire was hunting them down, when the Inquisitors were hunting them down. I, I really loved the way this played out. And I thought the gameplay was excellent as well. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. Of course, you know, one of the things that we always think of when we think of good Star Wars is uh, droids that really have an amazing personality and that you form a connection with. And this game is no different. Uh, Cal, fairly early on in the game, uh, runs across a droid that turns out to be his companion droid uh, named BD-1 that is actually played by Ben Burt, who is the sound designer for the original Star Wars film uh, and has been involved in sound design for many of the Star Wars films. So uh, he is you know, a, a visionary in that regard, uh, in terms of some of the things he developed with regards to the sound design for all those films. And, uh, he definitely brings a personality to that droid uh, within the game that is undeniable. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much BD one helped me within this game because BD one, I'm not going to give away, but BD one is very helpful to you in surviving what goes on. And as well as telling the storyline and, and all that amounts uh, throughout the, the process of it. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we've talked about many times how you want uh, my wife, Michelle to join us on this and do an episode on droids. And suddenly we may have a new one that's added to our list here because BD one is an excellent, excellent droid. And it's going to be a, a fan favorite for anybody who has actually played this game. Yeah, I don't think you can deny that at all. Um, the other interesting thing with this particular game is that, and it's something that occurs very early on, I don't really consider it to be a spoiler. It, uh, it's it's a character that shows up in a number of the trailers, but uh, Cal is saved from the second sister pretty early on in the game uh, by a former Jedi Knight known as Ser Junda. And uh, what's very interesting about that is that uh, she has some ties into the backstory uh, with uh, the Inquisitors that are presented in the game, which are the second sister and the ninth sister. Um, and again, that's another topic that we've discussed on this show uh, as far as the Inquisitorium. Uh, Inquisitoria, sorry, and uh, and the Inquisitors themselves that, you know, we talked about the fact that some of these members of the Inquisitorius did not have a lot of backstory. And that is one of the other things about these games is that they do an amazing job of really kind of fleshing out uh, what we know about canon. So when it comes to talking about things like this, I mean, even people out there who are not big video game players, there's still something that you can get from these games uh, with regard to the story that's told. Uh, this is all considered to be canon. And uh, within this particular game, there's a, a mode that you can play it in, which is basically story mode, which, which is the very easiest level of the game. Uh, and, you know, it lets you kind of enjoy the storyline without having to worry so much about the, the complexities of some of the gameplay. Yeah, and it can be a little tricky. I, I know, uh, like I was just talking about my wife, Michelle, 
uh, she loves playing video games as well. She loves some Star Wars video games. One one of her bugaboos, though, when playing a game is that she's not exactly the best jumper in these games. And sometimes that there's just jumps that she gets so frustrated with, she hands it to me to try and have me jump them. And I consider myself a pretty good jumper you know, in video games. And I struggled at some points in this. So it's good that there are some uh, ways to uh, get through there. There's some boss battles that are really, really tough and will take you several times to get through. So uh, it is good that there's various different levels for various different uh, video game, uh, people with video game skills out there. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing with this game is that there are some characters that we are familiar with from uh, the movies and some of the animated series like Saw Gerrera that make a cameo within this game and kind of help progress the storyline along. So that was uh, really an interesting twist to, to get to see a character that you had seen within the films um, and to kind of see this, this again takes place after the events of Revenge of the Sith and the fall of the Jedi order and kind of before uh, solo, a star Wars story. So this is still a little bit of a younger saga era, not quite as jaded as the one that we meet within rogue one. Um, but, you know, again, you get another opportunity to see that character and the progression of that character within the within the uh, canon. Yeah, it's always nice to you know have those things, some some uh, some systems, some planets that you've heard of pop up in there. Some characters that you know of or have heard of pop up here and there. And, yeah, he's not as jaded as you see him in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. But you can kind of see the beginnings of that within this. And it's really fun to explore as you uh, go through this game. Yeah, the other interesting thing to me about this was that, you know, within The Last Jedi, we saw that, you know, Luke had basically cut himself off from the Force, and that's not really something that we had um, had within canon prior to that, this this concept of being uh, distanced from the Force. And there was a, a component of this particular game where during the Purge, kind of the trauma that occurred had damaged Cal Kestis's connection to the Force, and you kind of see that get healed uh, throughout the the course of the gameplay here, so um, just kind of some interesting twists on on how a Jedi connects to the Force and and what that relationship is like. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that was something that you know we'd never heard of before, and some people questioned with the Last Jedi is like, oh, how can you just cut yourself off from the Force and can it be done? And uh, obviously, we've seen it uh, in various different ways now, and in this video game as well. Not only do you see it uh, as uh, a way that someone has. Uh, been kind of forced to have lost their connection with the Force. You also have another character that has kind of also just shut themselves off as well, similar to what uh, Luke had did. Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and kind of the final thing that I wanted to point out with regard to this game was that uh, it does raise some interesting questions about, you know, the the fact that the Jedi and the Padawans that did survive the Purge um, in the in the process of them uh, doing what they needed to kind of save themselves and keep from being caught by the Empire, there are some kind of questionable decisions that are made by by a few of the characters within this game. And um, it just kind of raises a, a little bit of a gray area in terms of at what point do you stop being a Jedi? At what point have you kind of strayed so far from your original purpose that uh, you've lost your identity? And this game seems to be very much about kind of um, recentering uh, on who you are and how you're going to go about living within the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. And I, I mean, it's, it's it's everybody, could you imagine the post-traumatic stress disorders that go on with some of these uh, Jedi that survived the, the purge and, and you know, what's gone on and their decisions that they made uh, near the end and how, why didn't they see this coming and such. And then uh, some other uh, different things that will come out in the storyline once you've played the game that uh, have added to that as well and what you have to go through to kind of survive that and to, again, find your place within the universe when you thought it was so set out before you. I mean, when you were part of the Jedi Order, everything was pretty much laid out before you as you were going through it. Now everything has gone totally askew and you kind of got to find your spot once again. Right. And I can very easily see us coming back and circling back to this topic a little further down the road when people who are interested in playing the game have had a chance to do so. At this point, we're uh, less than a month out from the release of the game. And I really don't want to do too much uh 
in depth on this particular game uh, with the intent of, of saving people from having it spoiled. But uh, again, I think the the depth that we're talking about a lot of these things with is appropriate for how long it's been out and uh, definitely gives people a, a feel for exactly why they should give this some, uh, some consideration if they're interested in playing uh, Star Wars games or whether you just want to go through on story mode and kind of find out what the story is behind this particular uh, game itself. I would say if you're a Star Wars fan, if you like video games, if you like some of the backstory, if you, it's, it is canon, so it is something that will be in, involved and could tie into other things throughout the Star Wars universe. Put it on your Christmas list. You still have time. People can shop for it for you or, you know, do your own, buy your own Christmas present for yourself. I would suggest it. It is well worth your time. It is a fun game. It's interesting. It delves into a world within Star Wars or at least a time within Star Wars where we haven't uh, received that much backstory to this point. And I find it a fascinating one. And I actually am hoping that we see more stories like this uh, coming forward in the near future. Yeah, I agree. And I think that the general consensus as far as this game has uh, has been that it was well worth your time to play. It's definitely one of the best Star Wars games uh, that they've ever put out, uh, both because of the storyline as well as the gameplay as well. Um, I definitely know it was it was a lot of fun to play. Uh, even though there were times where you'd get a little bit stuck. Um, but again, there were ways to deal with that if, if you just wanted to kind of keep the plot going. Um, so definitely give it a, give it a thought, uh, give it a, you know, check it out if, if you're so inclined and, uh, it kind of pours us right into the next topic that I wanted to bring up, which was the Vader Immortal VR series. is in your hands. Vida is here. You are the one I've been searching for. Do as I command. Is there any version of this plan that doesn't end up with us being dead? I have actually done the uh, the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire VR experience at Disney Springs uh, down in Orlando, Florida, uh, during a couple of previous trips to Walt Disney World. I've played it twice now. Um, that is definitely an incredible way to do a VR experience because really the the layout of the rooms that you go through on that particular. Uh, experience are laid out exactly as, as what you're seeing within the game. So if you see a door and you reach out, you're going to touch the door. If you see a switch, you're going to touch the switch. When you start dealing with kind of the home VR experience, um, it's a little bit different because you don't actually feel everything that is around you. Uh, but I will say that um, I kind of waited a while to buy the Oculus Quest uh, because I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, really enjoy it as much as I ended up doing. Uh, but I will tell you that the there's three episodes, as I said before, of this Vader Immortal out so far. Um, there is an open ending to the third chapter. So it's, uh, it's assumed that there's going to be potentially a continuation of the story. They're only $10 a piece. So while there is a certain cost to get one of these Oculus Quest systems, and in this case, uh, it was, I believe, $400, but the one I got actually came with the three episodes of Vader Immortal. Uh, but the way that they have the storyline laid out, it all takes place within uh, Vader's castle on Mustafar. 
you're basically a, a smuggler that is picked up by some Imperials, kind of pulled out of hyperspace, taken to Darth Vader, and there's a storyline there that he has kind of some tasks that he wants you to fulfill for him, uh, part of which actually is tra his training you to become uh be able to use the force. You're force sensitive and he is teaching you to kind of embrace that for the purposes of what he needs you to do. Um, and I, again, I won't go into too much detail on it, but essentially the way the chapters are broken out is the first chapter is you learning how to use a lightsaber. The second chapter is more about you learning how to use force powers. And then the third chapter is you putting those two things together. Uh, and all of this takes place within the overall storyline of what's going on. So uh, if you're someone who, who likes uh, VR experiences, I would highly recommend this, whether you buy the system or whether you, you know, know of a place I've heard people say that they've gone to Dave and Buster's and this has been something that's been available to do there. Um, I would highly recommend it. Uh, there are various modes you can play in so that if you are prone to kind of some um, discomfort, I guess, when you're playing VR experiences, that that can be totally minimized. But uh, as much as I love video games where you get a chance to wield a lightsaber, to actually do that in a VR experience where you've got a controller in your hand that really does feel like a lightsaber uh, and deflect blaster bolts or take out combatants that are placed up against you. Uh, it was really an interesting experience. And again, the best thing about this is there is an underlying storyline that is incredibly interesting. Uh, and the way that they rendered the world within that VR headset is absolutely incredible. So, uh, Tom, I know that you haven't uh, done a whole lot of VR stuff, but um, if you ever get a chance, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I would like to check it out at some point. That price tag's a little tough for me, but uh, I would enjoy, I'm sure. It, it, it is one game, the one uh, series of games that I've looked into that I've like, you know, that has made me consider actually purchasing uh, something along these lines of some uh, VR system. Uh, but I just haven't uh, splurged on it yet, but I'm glad to hear it's great. And I love that this is episode has suddenly turned into the uh, Jedi Temple Archives favorite things, you know, you know, you get uh, Vader Immortal and you get, uh, no, uh, no, actually none of you are getting Vader Immortal, but <laughs> I'm hoping to try it from Rob at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know that we've talked a little bit about possibly meeting up down at Walt Disney World next June. If that's the case, I will bring it down and, uh, and you'll lose an afternoon doing that so <laughs> be fun. like it yeah i'm just going to start traveling house to house uh country to country depending on what our listeners want and uh, i'll just bring it with me and you guys can all try it out that way yeah perfect i like it we'll start scheduling now get your appointment now absolutely so um yeah one of the other things that we'll, we'll kind of jump from that into the holonet news stories of the week and really the two big things that we've got at this point uh the first would be that uh, the mandalorian is now five episodes in um, I don't know about you, Tom, but I've uh, immensely enjoyed that particular series on Disney Plus. Certainly well worth getting it. Um, the, the fifth episode was a little bit more um, chancy for me, I guess, because of the you know performances of a couple of the actors. But still, I think the overall storyline that they're following within that series uh, has been incredibly interesting and, and definitely uh, feels very much like a Star Wars it's not a film, but I mean, it in a lot of ways feels like a Star Wars film. We put them together if you binge them at this point, because now you can start binging if you haven't watched any of the first four or five episodes to the, this point. You, you can put them together into almost a, a whole film. But uh, yeah, I, I love the, the world it's captured. Um, I, there's some mystery there. What's going on? What's with, up with this character? What's up with this other character? I love the Western feel of it, even down to the music behind it. Almost has a, a little good, the bad, and the ugly kind of theme background to it in some ways, you know, it just kind of has that feel. And I, 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 I'm just enjoying the whole ride all the way through. And I am, every time we finish an episode, I'm looking forward to the next one to see where it goes. Yeah. I can't argue with any of that. Um, on top of the Mandalorian, we've also got the rise of Skywalker, which we are just a little bit over a week from having that, uh, film come out. I know that I've kind of, uh, peeled back my, my social media presence a little bit, just trying to guard against any spoilers coming out that way. Uh, but I'm certainly looking forward to getting out and seeing that next Thursday and 
finally getting a chance to to wrap up the Skywalker saga. And as we talked about, uh, I was lucky enough to join Tom and Michelle on their episode of uh, Star Wars Remembered, uh, which will be coming out this Sunday uh, regarding The Last Jedi. And uh, one of the things that we talk about is the fact that there are things within The Last Jedi that I don't even know that we can truly come to a final assessment on until we've seen The Rise of Skywalker with it being that middle episode. And, and uh, I think we need to kind of see how things get wrapped up. Yeah, that was a big point of what we discussed when we were talking about The Last Jedi. And yes, we will be releasing that episode coming up this Sunday. We actually recorded it early because uh, we're traveling down to the Walt Disney World Resort when we would normally be recording these episodes. So uh, that is coming up. But yeah, that was a huge topic as part of it. And kind of compared it in many ways to like, you know, the way you feel about The Empire Strikes Back, which of course is virtually everybody's favorite Star Wars film, or at least is within the top couple, if not. Uh, it's... You know, the way you feel about it depended on what happened a lot with in Return of the Jedi. And I think that the way you end up feeling about The Last Jedi, whether you liked it a lot to begin with or whether you didn't like it as much, uh, could be determined by what happens in The Rise of Skywalker, for sure. Yeah, so that is to be determined. Uh, They've kind of been on a bit of a barrage with TV spots. And in some cases, I kind of feel like they've been going overboard with the amount of uh, footage that they're releasing and a lot of this stuff. So I've even kind of peeled back watching uh, the new spots spots as they come out i i pretty much stopped at the trailers um because i just don't want to have too much of it spoiled and as we know i mean a lot of the things that show up in in these uh trailers and tv spots may or may not even be in the final film so uh in the interest of avoiding a lot of misdirection and avoiding a lot of potential spoilers uh and kind of going into the film a little bit uh with with a lot to be revealed um i'm i'm very happy that we're only a little over a week away from that being released in the theaters Yeah, we've been waiting for so long now and it's been, you know, it's so funny because we're so spoiled now because we have the Mandalorian going on as we talked about. We have these great video games out there. There's so much comics and books and everything else that are out there, Star Wars related. And it used to be when we were growing up how we'd have to wait three full years until we have the next Star Wars film unless you watch the holiday special of course uh but you know uh, now it's like okay it's it's been like a year and a half since we've had a star wars film I, we're really dying for a new one you know but we it's just so funny we're, we're again we're spoiled it's a great time to be a star wars fan for sure yeah so uh, i will definitely open up a discussion on social media about that once that is out um we'll try to try to keep it uh relatively spoiler free for folks but uh, i'd be definitely interested to hear what everyone's reaction is to the film when it comes out and the last news item for this particular week is that uh we now have rise of the resistance open down at the walt disney world resort uh, which was kind of their flagship attraction for both parks i know it's going to be opening out at disneyland resort on the 17th of january um, and there have been a couple of, of glitches with it. It sounds like it wasn't a hundred percent ready. They've, they've had some ride breakdowns and whatnot, but, uh, it definitely sounds like anyone who has had a chance to fully experience that attraction and, uh, have it, you know, kind of get through it the, the whole way through without any glitches. Uh, it is definitely uh, a groundbreaking attraction as far as the Disney parks go and really any park around the world. Yeah, nothing but rave reviews for anybody who has actually been able to make it all the way through the attraction. Even those that, that have been in the queue, uh, they've had uh, some uh, some great reactions to the uh, the, the attraction itself. Um, of course, a, a system. That, I mean, there are so many complex systems within this ride. It's one of the most advanced attractions that's been ever been built uh, at any theme park. And so, you know, without uh, you know an excessive amount of time to go through some a soft opening or whatever, uh, they've you know had some struggles with these systems communicating to each other but uh more often than not it has worked people have really enjoyed it uh right now the system if you want to actually ride this you have to get to the park very very early Uh, i don't know how long this will last for but you need to join a boarding group once you actually enter the park to get into this and those are going uh before Actually, I think it's before 8 a.m. on the East Coast time. Um, I know definitely before 9 a.m. East Coast time, those, those boarding groups have been completely gone. So you will need to uh, get there very early, at least within the right now. Now, we don't know what's going to, once we get through the holiday season, if that will change. But right at this point, uh, if you want to ride this attraction, 
uh, plan on getting up and heading to the park very, very early. Absolutely. And it probably bears noting for anyone who does have a trip planned to, to Walt Disney World Resort. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do something similar out at Disneyland when it opens there. Uh, because it's going to be uh, definitely heavily traveled. But uh, one of the things that's a little bit different than the boarding groups have worked in the past is that everyone does need to actually physically be in the park uh, in order to get into a boarding group. So you can't have just one person run ahead and check in your whole party. Um, and the other thing of note is that uh, I know for at least this period of time within December, a lot of the park openings for Hollywood Studios tend to be around 8 a.m. They've been letting people into the park as early as, you know, 6.15, 6.30. So um, that is why, as Tom said, that the boarding groups are filling up for the entire day by, you know, between 8 and 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So keep that in mind if you're going there uh, and planning to get on Rise of the Resistance. It's definitely something that you're going to want to know so you don't show up and get disappointed. And uh, certainly make sure someone in your party has got a smartphone to be able to uh, make that reservation as soon as you get into the park, because otherwise you're going to have to find a cast member that's carrying around a tablet and uh, go through that process with them. So uh, just a little bit of a helpful tip for anyone who's traveling to the Walt Disney World Resort over the holiday season. And I also have heard that if you haven't gotten into a boarding group, for whatever reason you got there late, uh, keep checking back because sometimes things will open up. Just like uh, if you know uh, going to Walt Disney World Resort at all and uh, dealing with uh, their fast passes there, uh, a lot of times you, you can't get a fast pass for a certain attraction. But if you keep checking back throughout the day, sometimes somebody has to cancel or whatever the case may be and things will open up. So I have heard that some people have been lucky enough to find a boarding group later in the day it just is it's few and far between so the best option if you really want to go on this attraction and it seems like you if you're a star wars fan you really want to go on this attraction just plan on getting up super duper early right i know that that's what everyone loves to do on their vacation but in some cases it's necessary so yeah i mean if i mean this seems like from what everybody says it is a game changer within the, you know, the ride, you know, the community, the theme park community. Uh, and if you're a Star Wars fan, it seems like it's going to be something you are going to really love. So, you know, it, hey, maybe you get a nap in the middle of the day. Maybe you don't make it to fireworks one night. Uh, get up a little early and go out there. And, and if it's something you really, really want to do, take advantage of it. And, and I'm, I'm excited for it. We're already changing our plans for the day that we're planning on uh, giving it a shot and just saying, look, we're just going to get up early and bite the bullet and, and get this thing done because we really, really want to go on this attraction for sure. Yeah. And I know that, you know, with other attractions, for instance, uh, the Hagrid's magical motorbike adventure over at Universal Orlando, I mean, that had ride uh, wait lines that were in some cases, six to 10 hours that people were waiting to ride that. So while getting up early is a little bit of a headache, um, you're certainly going to spend less overall time waiting. Uh, you may have to wait, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes to get into the park. But once you've got your boarding group, that's going to give you a two hour window after that boarding group gets called to show up to ride the attraction. So you can go do other things uh, and then just ride that when it's available, which is a much better use of your time than standing in line for uh, potentially three or four hours for an attraction that popular. Right. And and by the way, the rest of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is completely open. You can go to Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. If you have a reservation for Ogus Cantina, you can go check that out. You can just peruse the entire land if you want, or you can just go through the rest of Disney's Hollywood Studios and check out the entire area. Uh, that's the good thing about the boarding group is that you don't have to be in this queue for this entire time. You're in a virtual queue for most of it. So you can really still enjoy your day as you're waiting for your boarding group to be called. And like you said, Rob, once your boarding group is called, it's not like you have to be there immediately. You don't have to be waiting to pounce outside the attraction. You could be having lunch and say, oh, our boarding group's called. Let's finish lunch and then we'll head over there or whatever the case may be. So uh, it does give you some options throughout the day. Yeah, and it does bear noting that you don't even have to stay in the park once you've got that boarding group. Just make sure you have notifications turned on on your mobile device. Uh, you could hop the Skyliner and take that over to Epcot and do the Festival of the Holidays uh, or you know visit the lands over there or do some other attractions over there. You don't have to stay within Hollywood Studios once you've got that. Um, once you've got that boarding group reserved. So if you've got one that's later in the day, you're you're open to go do whatever else you like. Um, and like Tom said, you'll get that two-hour window to come back. So uh, just keep that in mind. And uh, I'd love to hear people's feedback if they have a chance to get on that attraction and, and what their feelings were about it. So uh, I know that uh, Tom and I will both have our opinions and we should be talking about that after the new year. 
Yeah. I'm so excited to go on that. That is my, one of my, uh, there's so many new things that are happening out at the Walt Disney world resort that I'm excited to check out, but that is a must do, uh, on the must do list that, you know, like I said, even despite the having to get up super duper early, which is tough. I come from the West coast. Okay. So getting up and being at the park at around 6am, that's like 3am my body time. So that will not be an easy jaunt for us, but, uh, we're excited to do it. That's how excited we are for this ride for sure. Yeah. I'm super glad that you're going to be able to experience it here soon. And, uh, I won't be too far behind. So I think that'll wrap it for us this week. Uh, Tom, if you want to tell everyone how they can get a hold of you in the Hyperion Adventures podcast, especially with the uh, Star Wars Remembered series that we've been doing, which is a great way to kind of uh, get up to date on everything leading into the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I'm sure everyone would appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to finally be back on the show with you, Rob. Uh, thanks again for inviting me on. Uh, yes, we are the Hyperion Adventures podcast. You can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Uh, we are wrapping up our Star Wars Remembered series. We, For the last several months, we've been going through a, a film a month leading up directly to the Rise of Skywalker. And yes, this weekend coming up on Sunday, we will wrap it up with uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, and we had some uh, really interesting conversation about this film. Because let's just say, between you, Rob, my wife Michelle, and myself, we had quite a different viewpoint on this movie. So it really is kind of worth the listen to. And by the way, you can also find us on social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And one more thing, we are giving away a poster for the rise of skywalker a d23 exclusive poster that you may have seen uh somewhere on social media or whatever a really really stunning beautiful poster we are giving that away all you need to do is vote on our ballot for our hyperion adventures disney hall of fame just four simple categories uh for the best animated film, best animated character, best live action film, best live action character. Give us your information and you will be entered to possibly win this spectacular poster. Yeah, it really is a great poster and uh, definitely would encourage folks to get out there to your website, uh, find that page and vote so that they have a chance to uh, get a hold of that. It would be a, a stunning item for any Star Wars collection. So uh, would definitely recommend that. Thank you, Tom, so much for, uh, for coming back on. It has been far too long and we'll make sure that uh, we do more shows together in the future so uh, most likely when we're both back from vacation and with that i'm going to go ahead and wrap it up if you want to leave us any comments uh, on the show or future topics for shows or give us your thoughts on any of the things that we've discussed here today you can drop us an email at uh, jtapodcast at gmail.com you can find the podcast on our website at jtapodcast.com and you can get a hold of us on any of our social media platforms be it Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter at JTA Podcast. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, again, congratulations to our, our winners for the Dominic Pace signed uh, Mandalorian photos that we had out for our Mandovember giveaway. And keep an eye open for our next giveaway that should be coming out probably uh, just uh, into the new year. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it. Thank you guys for listening and may the force be with you. Thank you.